Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Rick. Uh, great to be here as always. Um, what an interesting day of golf. The, the tide really turned in this tournament. And what looked to be a little bit of a runaway as of yesterday is now mm-hmm. anything but. And the coolest thing about it, you look at this field and a big part of this story was um, the field not being all that strong. And I, I love this aspect of the PGA tour. You don't need a strong field to have a great tournament. And, and now you have guys like Patrick Cantlay and, and Jordan Spieth in the mix. They will provide entertainment, but it, it's far from theirs right now. And, and we're going to have a, I, I know that tomorrow we're going to have a, a great Sunday finish. The storyline. With 18 holes to go is the man who makes an appearance in our intro. Freaking first cut, golly, it's him. It's Jordan Spieth who shot a 63 at Pebble Beach on Saturday. And Greg, it was a full day. It was eight birdies, an eagle, and a literal cliffhanger. Jacob, do we have the photo here on YouTube? Let's see it. This I'm about is, to get it up now. One thank, <laughs> thank you, sir. This is cliffside at eight. Greg, where uh, literally don't fall forward. Don't follow through or else you might be tumbling down into the Pacific Ocean. That's not a tumble down. That That's not. <laughs> there it is. That is it. I mean, look at that. That's impending death. Yes. And that's not a joke. That, that, that is serious. This isn't whistling straights when he hit that shot straight up in the air and ran and caught himself. You're not catching yourself. I mean, that's a cliff. A, what was it? A sixty-four uh, foot cliff. Yeah, uh, that that's a uh, dangerous. Is the is the I can't honestly. I am surprised they even allow a player to make that choice. I, I, so I saw this earlier in the week. The literal, literally, the only thing that's there are like two small signs that say "danger cliff." I'm actually surprised there's not something more there <laughs> i i wouldn't be surprised if there was a local rule where they're saying hey you can't this is a, a red hazard it, it's a hazard but you can't play if your ball's across this line it, almost like a flower bed mandatory relief kind of flower bed hmm. you, you can't play from here but jordan's hit into that cliff before he remember when he was having that argument with greller it might even have been last year he said Come on, Michael, you got me on, on two swings, yeah. you got me over the green on one, and you got me in the water on another. Yep. And that right. was this hole. He hit it through the fairway. So there's something about this hole. He likes to take, he likes to hit a, what was it, a three wood? I'm, I'm not sure what club he hit, but that it's too much club to end up in that position. And I mean, I, I give him all the 
I, I mean, I, I get, I give him a ton of credit for pulling that off. Cause as he said, that's the most nerve wracking shot he's ever hit. And I don't think he's kidding. Well, it was one of the few greens that he actually missed. He went on to make par anyway, but Greg, not only is he leading the field at Pebble today, that's the only place that we have measured data from in strokes gained approach, but I'm, I'm waiting for the round to actually finish. This is going to end up being his third best strokes gained approach round of his career. He's going to be gaining about I, right now. It's 5.32. There's like three guys that have to finish. So it's going to change a little bit, but 5.3 on approach. Well, obviously it's one round, but that's, that's the sign you want to see from Jordan speed. I have it at 5.309. I'm not sure if that's, if I'm, you're more, probably more up to, up to date than I am. So that if it's come down a little bit, but it's beside the point, it's going to lead the field by the end of the day. And, and it's also, this is a really cool aspect. You remember the round yesterday that Seamus Power played and how how close he continued to hit it at Pebble Beach. Well, Seamus Power averaged 19 feet 3 inches in proximity. Jordan Spieth today averaged 18 feet 7 inches. That's every single shot. Every shot he hit into the greens today, the average proximity is 18 feet 7 inches. That's incredible. So it's a... It's a great sign, a place he's familiar with, and it gives us um, it, no question will give us a great show for tomorrow. I thought that Jordan Spieth was maybe the biggest storyline of the week heading into this event just because he had played so poorly coming in, literally the worst seven event stretch of his career, and that this event, a place where he's had so much success, Greg, it was going to be a litmus test of sorts for maybe what we're going to see out of him moving forward, and we are... 60 days away from Augusta National. So um, in his first test of what I think is a very critical stretch of golf for speed, he is passing with flying colors. Yes. And and look, this is not the greatest field, but it's a great test for somebody in a, the middle of a swing change. It's a great test for somebody to get an understanding of where they are with their game, whether you win or not. Patrick Cantlay finishes here in the top five, Last year he did it. He came in tied third and he's, it looks like he's going to do it again this year, barring a bad round, but he's a guy who hasn't made any changes, right? He, this is his ability going up against the rest of the field. And, and he finishes in that kind of high position. You're not going to win every time in a weaker field, but you should be a part of the story. You shouldn't be a lost name on a leaderboard. And Jordan was looking that way earlier in the week. And he comes to Pebble today and shooting 63, playing a great round. And not just because there was a lot of TV coverage on him because he's a big name, but the round warranted that coverage. And it was a round worth watching. It was it was extremely exciting. The, I mean, the shot at six was awesome. And he goes from, with help of Seamus Power, he goes from having zero... Ch I mean, I would have given him close to zero chance yesterday. And now all of a sudden he's... He, I mean, he's right there. Do we have any idea, Jacob, what his odds were last night when we did that? Did I don't even know if we... I'm sure we didn't even get to him, but do we have any idea what his odds might have been at the go, halfway point? I can go check it out because it should be on the screen towards the end of the video. Okay, if if we if we have it, we'll see. Jacob will look into it. Um, yeah. But while he does that, and uh, uh, clearly Spieth is not, he, he's not even the leader of this event. He's actually one back going into the final round. So we have some other names to talk about. We have some odds to look at, but first we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. It is Patrick Cantlay, who also resides one shot back, Greg, who is the favorite to win this event, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. He is plus 275. Spieth is plus 450. And then the three guys who are actually leading the tournament, Tom Hoagie, Andrew Putnam, and Bo Hostler, are next at plus 450, plus 700, and plus 900, respectively. Let's talk about the trio at the top. They have one combined victory. On the PGA Tour, Greg, it was Andrew Putnam winning the Barracuda uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018, but that's it. That's the only victory for those three combined. Although Hoagie is someone who has been popping and he's been much better recently. We've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast. He is, um, I think on Monday, I I said he was kind of my go-to popper. The guy that I just go, he's like a fill-in name. He always has a chance to play well but he doesn't every week. And, and it's almost, he's almost one of those guys where you're guessing if he's going to play well or not, but the chances are pretty good. If, if he, if he does play well, he, he has the ability to get near the top of a leaderboard in just about any event. So he's a really impressive player to watch a really impressive, a really impressive ball striker. And I give him a lot, a, a really, really good chance tomorrow. Um, it, it was a kind of a steady round today. Not, you didn't see any of it. But just looking at the car, you know, it, it it's uh, been steady play for him all week. And he was bogey free today at Spyglass Hill. That's not necessarily surprising for a Tom Hoagie who hits the ball. So, I mean, he, he really hits it really flush. He's a really solid iron player. And he's been putting really well at, at Pebble Beach in round one. He putted the eyes out of it. I mean, he, he was second in, in the field that day in strokes game putting and now we're three rounds through everybody's played pebble at least once and that round holds up as the fifth best putting round is that going to happen again tomorrow i don't know but he's the leader and and he can he can get a five he can get a five under round out of a average putting day and that might be enough to win so hoagie he's he's look he's in a really good place tomorrow there is going to be a lot of oxygen spent on jordan spieth However, Patrick Cantlay, ho-hum, one shot back with 18 holes to go. And the three at the top looking in the rearview mirror, seeing Cantlay and Spieth and Jason Day lurking. Patrick Cantlay, I'm running out of ways to really describe it, at least from a a statistical perspective, Greg. John Rahm, the last year, by far the best player in the world. Comfortably in second by himself is Patrick Cantlay. And the gap to third 
was pretty sizable when you're looking at the advanced metrics. He is just constantly in contention. And there's a lot of reasons for that. He does everything really well. And he's uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's had he is, has been almost a popper in a way too, although his floor is way higher than a Tom Hoagie. And when Patrick Cantlay doesn't have a great week where Tom Hoagie may miss a cut, Patrick Cantlay's finishing tied 19th. And and that's a big difference. And when he pops, he wins. And and he can have explosion weeks on the greens. The biggest difference for me with Patrick Cantlay this time last year and now is what he's done with his putting. And the putting has improved tremendously. I mean, heading into this tournament last year, I was looking at this a few days ago, so I don't know the number exactly. Uh, I, I might be off by a couple here. But I believe it was heading into this week last year, he had lost seven stroke, seven weeks in a row, uh, or seven starts in a row on the greens. He gained, we came and tied third, but still on Sunday, the putting was a little bit slow for him and, and he had a chance to win. Now he's a much better putter, a much, he's, he's a significantly improved putter largely because of the, um, well, a factor at least is the putter change that he made. And, and ever since he made that putter change, he's been, on fire and it's worked out really well for him. So I, I think the round that Cantlay played today was okay. It wasn't great. I mean, he, he only hit 10 greens and with no wind, even though the greens are small, that's not great. He's seven of eight scrambling and it, he loses nearly two and a half shots approaching the green and he figures out how to shoot 68. So it feels like that was a down round for him. And that could be a scary thing for the rest of the field because I, I don't think he, his form has slipped. I, I just don't think it was a great round. I think that was his bad round where Seamus Power shoots 75, he shoots 68. And that's the difference between world number four and, quite frankly, the rest of the field. Yeah, let's let's do the Seamus Power thing. I hate to I hate to do it to the guy, but five shots clear heading into the weekend, including the 36-hole tournament scoring record to two back and 11 to one to win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am thanks to a three over 74 around Monterey Peninsula, which Greg, when you are five shots clear heading into the weekend, basically the only thing you can't do is shoot a 74 at Monterey Peninsula. And that is um, unfortunately for Seamus, exactly what he did. Traditionally the easiest course. Um, This week it hasn't been. I think Pebble's been the easiest. At least last I checked. Yeah. So, um, it, it, but still, it, it's not like this happened at Spyglass Hill. He, he played great at Spyglass Hill, played great at Pebble, comes out here and just makes way too many bogeys. And ev- everything seems to change, right? It, where yesterday, everything was ending up close. If he landed in the rough, everything's going in. If it's, if it's near the edge of the hole, everything went his way the first two rounds. And today, it went quite the opposite. I have to think that had to do with the lead. He his swing looked a little bit different. His his start lines were different, and it was a uh, a different feel clearly for Seamus Power today, and that's concerning to a degree. The good news is you shot seventy four, and you're only two shots back. You're right there in the mix. Yeah, you plummeted down the odds board, and I, I I think look the biggest thing is what happens on your bad nine. He happened to have two bad nines today. He, sh- he shoots two over 
and one over on his nine hole stretches today. And neither of them were very good. So it's extremely disappointing, but it might be a good thing for him. It might be a reset. If he shot even par today, if he had a one shot lead and the lead went from five to one, you're still sleeping on the lead. The expectation is still there. It's, it's a little bit harder, but now being two shots back, I, I wonder if he has an opportunity to reset, kind of go in under the radar today and play the kind of golf he's been playing, not just this week, but for a long time. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. He had a great look at Eagle on his first hole of the day. And I'm thinking, wow, here we go. He's just going to run away with this thing. It's over. He's going to pick up right where he left off and then never found the speed on the greens the rest of the way. Okay, Greg, um, who wins? Who wins the tournament? When we do this, when we do this podcast in 24 hours, who is the guy we're talking about first? I think we're talking about Seamus Power. Wow. I first of all, yeah. I love this, by the way. And I would be very happy. And eleven to one are it is enticing odds for that one. You know, he had the bad round that he's still in. I can I can convince myself a lot of different things that Seamus Power wins this, but that's not what I was expecting you to say. Well, I know. And and I'm a huge Cantlay. I'm a huge Speed fan. I'm a huge Hoagie fan. And I like Bo Hostler and Andrew Putnam too. I just, I, I have a hard time thinking with those three guys at the top. And look, Hoagie's been great. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he, if, if he went out and did something. But for Seamus Power to be only two shots back, but it's a, it's a completely different scenario going into tomorrow now. You go back to a place he shot 64 at the day before. There's opportunity after opportunity to reset. And all week, aside from today, he's been the best player. And he's been one of the best players in the field over uh, for quite a long stretch. At this PGA Tour season, um, mm-hmm. he's been, what, the w- without Daniel Berger in the field? Is he a top four guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Top four sure. guy in the field? Yeah. So this wasn't uh this wasn't some miracle that he had a five shot lead heading into Saturday. It, this this guy was really trending in the right direction. And I think that was a little bit of a wake up call today and I I think a, a night's sleep in this scenario is going to be a good thing for him. And um look, Speeth and Cantlay are really attractive right now. And, and they can't looks really good. He was my pick to win at the beginning of the week. I don't like changing my picks. I just have a, I, I have a feeling I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm watching his round. I'm watching him plummet down the leaderboard. I'm thinking, Oh, he's, he shot himself out of the tournament from a five shot lead to done. And you look at the leaderboard at the end and he's two back. I, I think there's going to be a big turnaround for him tomorrow. Uh, two quick things. I, I think you're right. And I hope you're right. I could also make the case that Monterey Peninsula today, while it, it was the hardest it played all week when I was still lost three shots to the field, but that's the hardest it played all week. The other thing is the cut line, which there are multiple questions about in the chat here, Greg, this is a very unique situation. Um, top 65 and ties, they are going to get official points and earnings. However, because of the pro-am only the top 60 are going to actually play tomorrow. So, yeah. So for fantasy purposes or whatever uh, on, on your DFS site to earn actual points tomorrow, they're going to need to be in the top 60. But if for earnings purposes and FedEx cup points, it's top 65. It's, it's unique to only this event, right? It's almost like the old MDF that they had. Oh, um, I hated that. That was the worst. 
Yeah, it was no fun. But I mean, you get so many guys making it to the weekend. Yeah, you'd have seventy nine get through or whatever. <laughs> right, or, you know, eighty five guys yeah. because you have. And the way leaderboards are today, in this day and age, they get so bunched. You'll have twenty guys tied at four under or whatever the number is. It happens all the time. So, I understand why they do it. You got to get daylight in it. The pace of play slows down in a pro am. I think it's only ten amateurs that make it to Sunday. I believe I saw that earlier today. I thought it was more than that. I'm not. It, it I thought could it was be. 25. You thought, okay, that could be. I would not, I would yeah. not risk like my mortgage on that, but I thought it was 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw 10 and it surprised me. So maybe I misread, maybe I misread that, but it's here nor there. Yeah. 60 and ties that are going to be playing tomorrow. And I, I think there's probably, when I look at this board, you got three guys at 15 under. I think that puts the 20, the winning score at about 20 under would be my guess. And that means you're, you're looking at a 65 from Seamus power, which I think is doable. I hope he wins, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's the kind of number you have to get to then behind him. You have Jason day, Denny McCarthy at 11. It's a stretch for them to go shoot 63, but it's possible. You start getting into the into the single digits, and I, I think those guys are probably too far back, which is too bad. Justin Rose is there at eight under, a couple of other guys um, at eight and nine under. But I, I'm thinking the ten unders are a long. That's a long way. I kind of think you got to be eleven under or better right now. But uh, but I'll say safely, more conservatively, the guys that are t ten or better have a chance tomorrow. Well, we shall see, because after the final round, we will be back to break it all down with a new champion. We have no idea who, who it's going to be. It's wide open, but we'll, we'll be here to talk about it. But for now, big thanks to producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.